Welcome to the Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast where we discuss all things compounding and all things concerning independent pharmacy. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Delisio, North American Sales Director, and Sebastian Dennison, Clinical Compounding Pharmacist. Welcome, Compounding World, and welcome to the latest episode of a Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast. And for those of you that were not aware, this is our first opportunity to come back and record live. And I couldn't be more excited. We are currently live in Houston, um, and we are in the process of going through our core training. And for those of you that have listened to the podcast, you have a better understanding of what basic compounding training means to our pharmacists and technicians. And with that being said, having so many amazing staff members in our facility gave us the opportunity to connect with an individual and, and basically give me the chance to sit down with another pharmacist who's embarking on an amazing journey. Uh, without further ado, we would like to welcome Shelby Freeling to the podcast. Shelby, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. What was really cool about you and your story, you and I were just chatting uh, earlier this morning. It happened to be a break. And you were just sharing to me your specific journey in terms of what compounding pharmacy meant to you. But before we even got into that, you were talking to me about the podcast and the fact that you've been listening to this podcast for a while. It, it's been a, call it a resource or educational tool in your journey as you prepared to basically go on this, this new adventure and open up your own pharmacy that specializes in compounded medication. With that being said, uh, we talked about your background and, and basically where you came from. And I think the story was so compelling. And I wanted to give our audience the same opportunity that I had this morning was really learning from you, hearing from you, and just talking about how you got here. And how did you get to PCCA and, and basically explore this world of training and now think of being a PCCA member and going on that whole adventure? So. I don't want to take away from it because this is the reason why I wanted to sit down with you was really, we would love to share the, share the entire journey as it is basically encapsulated, no pun intended, um, and, and really hear from you. So what kind of brought you here? Sure. Well, I can uh, give a quick synopsis and kind of start from the beginning, but I grew up in central Montana, small farm, pretty rural. Um, you know, I grew up in a pretty hardworking family and work ethic was something that was always instilled in me from the beginning and just very close to my family and ended up going to pharmacy school and kind of was routed that way through a couple of mentors that were in our community and local community. I'd worked at the pharmacy there and went to school and wasn't really sure what I was going to do and thought maybe hospital because I was just excelled in, you know, our therapeutics classes and thought clinical was the route and ended up getting out of school and thinking, I just don't think this is for me. I'm not physically having that interaction with my patients that I needed. And so I ended up working relief for a while and floated to different community pharmacies. And really it kind of struck a chord when I worked in a compounding pharmacy and I thought, okay, this is, this is how I can help patients. This is, this is where it's at. So I think for me, it was now, how do I get involved in compounding? I love it. How do I get involved? And honestly, there's not that many opportunities in my area to get involved and in. you can't apply to a compounding job. So I kind of set on the path of maybe I open my own pharmacy. And it was just initially an idea that I had thought of just very lightly. 
and quickly ran over to my parents and presented the idea and said, here's what I want to do. I want to open a compounding pharmacy. And they both asked me where my business plan was. And I quickly was like, oh, I don't have a business plan. And they said, see us in a year when you have something, you know, hard and fast to present. So a year went by. I worked more relief. I educated myself. I, the biggest thing for me was I reached out to, I mean, hundreds of people. I just started reaching out. I just started emailing, saying, what do I do? How do I get to where I want to be? And what were your biggest pitfalls? A year later, I went to my dad and I said, do you want to take a road trip? And he's kind of looking at me like, road trip where? Where are we going? You know? And I said, we're going to go down to Arizona. And I had lined up 12 meetings with different pharmacies along the way to kind of interview them, so to speak. And honestly, every pharmacist that I reached out to was very open and they're very willing to share what they did wrong. You know, the world of compounding is very small. I quickly found out that everybody knows everybody. And I met an amazing guy down in Arizona who kind of took me under his wing and kind of is my biggest cheerleader and, you know, set me on that path of letting me know that it's possible. Went back and started in with a, with a business plan and kind of set forth from there. But that was the short synopsis of it's not a short synopsis um and that's going to be the the fun part about this conversation really is that um there's so many things that that pop you know there's a you have sounds like you have amazing parents because to have individuals really close to you that are willing to provide business advice Mm -hmm. and being mentors not only as a parent but from a financial point of view that's really cool i want to hear more about that um, you obviously decided to take a road trip and do your own market <laughs> research, right? And learn what do compounding pharmacies do well? Where are their pitfalls? Where have they been challenged in their careers? And where have they thrived? You, right. you kind of decided that right. that was going to be your own yeah. journey, which all in itself is not commonly done, but I, I commend you for doing it. And then kind of last but not least, um, the, you found a passion at some point. You know, and because you're a fan of the podcast itself, you can probably remember the episode that we recorded with Mark Gonzalez. I'm not too sure if you do. Yep. Um, It was all based around finding your passion. And don't do this if there's no passion behind it. Right. So let's talk about that first. I think where I found my passion is um, probably where I gave my parents the biggest scare. Um, (laughs) I was working as a pharmacist. you know, paying the bills and paying rent and paying off some debt. And I had been presented with an idea where I thought I would never take. Um, I was asked to be a nanny and, you know, step back my wage a little bit and take care of a kiddo that was sick. And he had Ewing sarcoma, which is a bone and soft tissue cancer. He was pretty down and out. He was, I think at the time I took him under my wing, it was five days inpatient, two days at home. His parents first came to me and said, will you be his nanny? And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I'm never going to do that. I'm a pharmacist. I'm making pretty good money. You know, I'm, I'm where I need to be. And on paper, I thought it was where I needed to be. But for what I needed in my career, I wasn't. And Talk about a shift. Yeah. I thought, I thought about it overnight. And my mom's a pediatric nurse. And she kind of said, can you handle this? Can you handle the stress, the emotional stress? I don't want you to get into something that maybe is not going to turn out okay. And I thought, this is going to be something. If I don't jump on it now, I'm going to look back and regret it, you know? And so I became his nanny and we were best friends. We still are best friends for 13 months. And, 
you know, um, I became extremely close to his family and I was not a pharmacist and I gave up what I thought was my career, you know, and for me it was, at the time, it was almost like a mistake. It was like, what am I doing being a nanny? And then, you know, it turned out to be the best decision of my entire life because after that, he really gave me, you know, his parents were very thankful for what I could provide him at that time and teaching him and keeping him, keeping his spirits high. But really, he taught me more than I taught him. I mean, he mm -hmm. taught me. It's kind that. of a life-changing event. Exactly, exactly. Wow. Yeah. So from, from that point on, and obviously he's in a healthy space right now. He's in a great space. That, He's in kindergarten. That, yep. That's so awesome to hear. And, and through that, you know, I guess the passion that was found, and I don't want to speak on your behalf, mm -hmm. was seeing patient outcomes. Sure. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. Mm -hmm. It's like you lived yep. a, a positive patient story. And my assumption is that doing this and focusing on customized medication and, and depending on what that looks like for you in the future, and we'll talk about that later on, but how much, how important are the patients in all this yeah. to you specifically? And is this the reason why you're embarking in this journey? Yeah, I think everybody and every pharmacist that I've came in contact with has a different reason or a different, you know, um, perspective on why they got involved in pharmacy. But truly for me, it's, it's patient interaction. It is, it's patient, positive patient outcomes. And when you can make a big difference, um, I, I fall in love with my patients probably more than they know, you know, mm -hmm. and seeing somebody on paper is great. But when you get to see them in person and ring a bell, ring a bell after cancer treatment and being in remission is life changing. And so, yeah, the compounding world has given me that light that I need to just have that interaction with your patients. I feel that a lot of our audience probably comes from a hospital setting. Mm -hmm. You know, even talking to you about how you've been a fan, not necessarily a PCCA member forever. You're, you're not somebody who's been interconnected within our ecosystem. You're listening as a pharmacist. Mm -hmm. And some of the audience that we, we probably touch on are coming from a hospital space. How important do you think it is to, to put the face to the name to knowing of, of who you're treating and what those positive outcomes are. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I think we do get a little bit more of that now with having some clinical, you know, pharmacists on the floor and you get to, you get to see your patients. But I definitely think that's what, that was what changed it for me. It's, you can see them on paper all day and think they're fine. And you walk into their room and you step back and you're thinking that's, I'm treating them wrong. So when you, when you build and when you open, I should say, um, I know you shared that with me prior to recording that your plan is to open at some point in the third or fourth quarter of the year. So something imminent, you're, you're essentially not there yet, but you're about to be there. Um, and you're obviously here for training specifically to get up and running. What have you noticed as being super important? Cause you mentioned all the market research and it's, it's absolutely incredible to know that you basically built a trail yeah. and you drove to go see PCCA members yeah. and, and you gathered the insight of like, all right, I need to get this up and running. This is what I'm going to do. I don't want to say this, but PCC was part of it. And that's the reason why you're here. <laughs> um, what has been your experience while being here knowing of what is about to come? Yeah, I think when I came here, I, I initially came for the USP implementation um, course, which was amazing. It was phenomenal. We were one of the first classes back, um, that were, that you guys had live and 
it was great. And I think going to that and then thinking maybe I should go to core compounding, um, core gave, really gives me, I've, I've done a lot of compounding, but I think I almost just needed a refresher. It gives you those foundational mm-hmm. compounding concepts that you need. Two very different courses. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think when I came to core that I was expecting to get so much, um, I would say like marketing and sales tidbits, as well as just feeling, feeling energized, feeling fresh, you know? So that was kind of a aspect of it that I didn't really foresee. And I think after being here for a little while, it really diversified my outlook on the scope of pharmacy. And it's, it's really, it's just invigorating being here and being around your people, you know? How much comes full circle for you? And I don't know if this is a shift of gears, but um, you have your MBA as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, most pharmacists don't. I think, I think we, we talk about that a lot when we have Brian Prescott on and we're talking about the financial business side, um, the sales and marketing side. I don't know how many right. times, and I, don't, I feel guilty by saying it, uh, pharmacists are not trained in these domains yes. unless you go get your MBA to what you've done. So how much do you think that has prepared you um, to take every little thing into consideration and not little, obviously very complex if you're building a business plan, but how have you integrated, for example, what you've learned this week, what you learned through USP implementation and the regulatory side of maintaining uh, a proper facility and a proper practice, and then your experience within pharmacy and then the business component. So how does this all wrap together? Yeah, no, I think, I think that's important is having that educational piece behind you and having that, you know, backing, but it truly just makes me trainable and that's, I mean, I don't think that just having one piece of the puzzle really fits, but for me, honestly, it's just having resources. For me, it is having a PCCA resource. It is having, you know, my family, my brother to lean on. It is having, you know, um, other pharmacists, other colleagues. You need all pieces of the puzzle. And that was part of the exploratory program, so to speak, for me, is gathering all my pieces to the puzzle. I needed PCCA. I needed my family. I needed colleagues. So for me, it was kind of when you come here, you realize you may have all the pieces. You just haven't acted on, acted on it yet. Yeah. And, and there's so much, right? Ton. It's, is, I, <laughs> we probably said this again, but this is never going to end for you. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with your work ethic. That was kind of my takeaway too, is listening to where, where you were brought up, where you were raised f- by the sounds of it, you know, um, kind of bred with hard work that hard work is kind of innate and it's part of who you are um, coming from a farming background that's definitely probably present as well. So how, how important was all that just overall work ethic in all this? Because this is not easy. I don't think anybody's ever sat down here and, and you know, we've never really had a conversation and said, this is the easiest thing you're ever going to do. Um, all you got to do is open your doors and the scripts are going to flow in. We know that there's hard work to it and I don't think we've ever spun it in that way, but, um, how much do you think boils back to the fact that you really need to put your nose down and, and, and yeah. do the, the work to make sure that this is launched effectively? Yeah. No, it is. It's a lot. It's a daunting task, to be honest. But um, the, only, the only way to start is to dive in. But I think, yeah, the, my background lends 100% validity to the work ethic. And when you're on a farm and you are out in central Montana and it's rural and you are working with your brother all day, I mean, you either get along or it's going to be a long day. And that really can 
any of that can kind of be life, you know, life lessons. If you're not getting along with your technician, right. this is going to be a long day. So yeah, I think having that um, instilled in me and instilled in me in a young age really, really brings that to light now that I'm opening a pharmacy. I'm so. too soft for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I can't work that hard. I try to, but I, the physical part of that, 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 that to me is, is astounding because it, it kind of lends and goes back into, all right, well, this is an individual who went through pharmacy school, did her MBA, is about to open up a compounding pharmacy all before the age of 30. And that's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Yeah, but exactly. you, I think if there's any takeaway for our audience to observe is that there's a progression um, that could be the common denominator focused around passion. And then at the same time, there's also an evolution of learning and what else needs to be applied or the seeking of resources. Mm-hmm. So something that I would probably encourage is, you know, the seeking of resources, thinking about mm-hmm. you connecting with compounding pharmacies. What were some of your biggest takeaways in that? Yeah, I think this is huge for me because I I was pretty shy. I was pretty timid. I knew I wanted to, you know, start a pharmacy, but how? I mean, gosh, you start Googling it and how do, how do you open a pharmacy? I mean, for me, when you reach out to a pharmacist that is not in your area, they are willing to share. They want you to succeed. They're willing to share and they're excited. You know, genuinely having 12 cheerleaders on my side that want me to succeed is awesome. So the takeaway for me is, I don't think there was one pharmacist that I had reached out to that didn't give me a tidbit. So, you know, I will continue to connect and stay connected. It's a pretty cool community. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, it's a community that exists, but because of, I'm not going to call it a geographic boundary, because you're in Montana, you connected with someone in Arizona, you're not shipping to that state. Right. They're not shipping right. it to your state. Right. In reality, this is simply, we want to make sure that you're successful. And I think one of the cool things... Uh, from our point of view as well. And we've mentioned it in several podcasts talking about international or international seminar and having people come here all together as a community. We, I felt like we lost that last year because mm-hmm. of everything going on and not being able to do a live event of that magnitude. This year I have, I'm not going to make a guarantee, but it, <laughs> it looks good. I, I really hope that we're going to be in a position to do a live event and whatever that However, whenever that happens, whether it's this year or next year, we're going to be back in that place. Um, but I think, especially from some of the members that you connected with, these are individuals that have come here, shared with others, and at one point were brand new. Right. I think that's what everybody forgets. There's a starting point for every pharmacist, for every member. Yeah, we do have member number one that joined 40 years ago. This is our 40th year <laughs> anniversary. But the reality is uh, it's been constant evolution of growth for us as well. And everybody will always credit their predecessors, their mentors. Right. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think what you did, like I said, I commend you for it because I can't believe, you know, you took it upon yourself. Most people do not do that level of market research. They're basically thinking inside the box. And then what I'm probably, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I'll let you chime in. From a financial perspective, did you get a lot of feedback as well in terms of profitability or operational efficiency, expense, you know, all the things that you need to take into consideration for your business plan? Did you get any help with that? Yeah, I think not only gaining feedback on that side of things, but truly being um, almost like quizzed, you know, so so what is your what is your profit on this product going to be? What is and when you're quizzed on something by somebody that you really look up to? 
boy, do you research it, you know? So almost being questioned um, yourself is, was good for me um, to kind of dive a little deeper. And so everybody was very helpful and very willing to share too, so. Yeah, and um, you know, the financial viability portion is obviously extremely important. Either somebody is an established business and mm-hmm. they're looking at adding compounding to that. Mm-hmm. But something that you and I spoke of was you're opening a pharmacy from scratch mm-hmm. and starting compounding and customized medications at the exact same time. Did that add complexity to it or was it a just maybe a benefit or an add-on that you believed helped you out on this journey? Um, I think for me, it was kind of, I, I viewed it as one piece. Um, it probably had added complexity, but I can't really speak otherwise because I, um, I, I don't know what it would be like. Um, mm-hmm. The biggest thing for me is we decided to not take insurance. We are going to be cash only. And um, that almost simplified it a little bit um, to just the fact that there was one less thing to put on your plate, which I think is key and very helpful in the process. So at this point, you know, focusing on certain prescribers, disease states, that's something that's still also evolving as well, correct? Yeah, right. And I think kind of breaking it down, the, I was given this advice and breaking it down to where you have three or four weeks where you just focus on vet and you just focus on vet marketing. Because for me, it was pretty overwhelming. I mean, where do you start? Who do you target? You know, do you hit, do you do it by area? Do you do it by region? So, and then the next week, focus on derm and really educate yourself and I usually spend a couple days educating myself and then gathering my market materials and then reaching out, you know, and kind of just breaking it down that way has really helped me. That's a tidbit that I was given that I really took it and ran with it. You mentioned your mom was a pediatric nurse. So my assumption, once again, is that she had exposure to a whole bunch of opportunities for pediatric compounding as well. How much of that made its way into your business plan and into your idea as well, knowing her experience. Because I touched on the fact that your parents seem extremely cool, (laughs) and not only that they're really cool, that they're extremely supportive, but also pushed back on you Mm -hmm. and required the financial feasibility for you to move forward with this. So, But you got two angles, because your your dad's not really from a healthcare space, right? Right. But your mom is. So they're both acting as... Uh, advisors or counselors to, in all this, but your mom's also got a hand in pediatric care. Yeah. How much of that is is also built into the model of the direction that you want to head? I think that's huge. I think having that connection with your community is huge. Um, I wouldn't say that if there was somebody out there sitting in my shoes today and they don't, you know, they're thinking, well, she had these connections and she had this help. I don't think that that's an end-all, be-all for me. You know, if you don't have that connection to your community or to to providers, I don't think that is, um, you know, something that should stop somebody in their tracks, so to speak. It was very helpful. But my parents are also, um, you know, probably the people that question me the most. And why do you think pediatric compounding is going to take off? Like, what compound would you use, you know? And my dad would say, you know, (laughs) show me your business plan. Show me the numbers. Do you know your numbers, you know? So I think... Yeah, they are my biggest supporters, but in they also question me, and the support has been phenomenal. But there are other ways to be connected or involved in your community, and if you don't have that, then, you know, it's not the end of the world. And your mom listens to the podcast. She does. So shout out to mom. <laughs> um, so Shelby, like, you know, everything that you've shared is such amazing advice, and I think 
you really captured, you know, what was so important to you and, and kind of what's next and, and how important this is all going to be for when you open. You know, I'm not going to say what advice would you give, but I am. Uh, in some way, shape, or form, you know, what were the major takeaways? Because I think the whole reason why we're recording as well is to give hope and to give, well, hopefully, individuals can identify passion in terms of, of doing this themselves, but you also give encouragement at the same time. So, you know, what are some of the big pieces of advice that you would give? You know, you've already been mentored to a certain effect. How would you mentor somebody else uh, that's about to start in this journey and, and being you as well? Yeah, I think that's great. I think the biggest thing for me initially was it's scary. It's a daunting task. And when you are stuck in a position in pharmacy or career that maybe you're not in love with, but you know, you want to change and maybe it's not even opening a compounding pharmacy. Maybe it's just a, you know, just a swap or just change out your position. Um, I think the biggest thing is just take a risk, you know, take a risk, go for it and step out of the box. The other thing for me that was huge was all of the research that I put forth prior to this. I mean, you, yeah. you really have to spend truly, I mean, I spent probably a year just diving deep and doing some, some hard research. But in the end, I think the best investments in yourself. And you've done that, right? Yeah. And, and you're still going to be doing it. Yep. So kind of what's next steps for you? Like beyond opening in Q3 or Q4, it's not going to stop. You know, there's, there's going to be an evolution to who you are, to what your practice is, to what you guys focus on. And by the sounds of it, having the foundation of being extremely successful. But what do you envision is going to be next for you? Well, I love, I love learning. I absolutely love learning. I read way too many books and listen to way too many podcasts. And I, have, I do have my asthma educator license that I love to just educate patients and asthma and um, kind of its prevalence in rural Montana. But I think that will come. And I, I, and I don't have a solid answer, but I think that's okay. I think that will come. You know, I think you're, you grow and if you run into something that you really find a, a need for your, for your community, then that's when you take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and really learn about it and dive in. But I, I mean, there's a hundred things I could learn about and not be upset. It's kind of a, isn't it a tough question? Yeah. It's like, Hey, what are you going to do in 2024? Yeah. And you're like, I don't, know. I don't know. Like, leave me alone. I've been focusing on this for 2020 and 2021. You don't know what's going to happen. Is, yeah. is there a disease state that you see yourself being passionate about that you want to learn a lot more of? I Espe- especially like learn, listening to this yeah. podcast, right? Is yeah. there anything that, that stands out to you? For me, dermatology. So I love derm and I love just um, everything that kind of is a, revolves around dermatology. And um, I could see myself coming back to PCCA and taking the dermatology course just to yeah. educate myself. I mean, the cool part about dermatology, and I think, you know, when we sat down with Nat Jones or uh, Sebastian, we'll talk a lot about dermatological preparations and, and what we can do. There's a ton of opportunity, and the dermatologists are very receptive. Uh, to compounding pharmacies who are who are out there talking about what they can do for patients and then trying to solve unique issues because it's not just one thing or one application to label something specific that say this is dermatology this is all it is it's well beyond that it is it, I'm not going to say it's complex but it's there's a wide array of options of things that you could look at yeah it, it, is there any feedback or anything from like a dermatological perspective that you've seen where potential 
desired outcome or an opportunity for you to jump in and, and say, this is kind of what I want to look at. Do you want a patient story? Yeah. Okay. I do. <laughs> so my favorite patient story about dermatology is that we had a patient who was a young mom and was pretty set on having a natural birth, ended up having a C-section and she had twins and she had a substantial scar, um, a couple of them and kind of came in and I, I had known that PCCA had a couple of good formulas for scars, but I honestly hadn't seen it firsthand. So she came in and explained the situation and we had worked with her provider to grab something with Pracosil and an API in it that really just made the world of difference for her. And I think her being upset that maybe her um, birth, birthing process wasn't how she wanted it and had to have a C-section. And then, you know, that scar, I mean, I'm not kidding you. The scar went from, I mean, four or five inches to, I think it's like a half an inch. And it just, it took the redness away. And seeing her almost just elated that, you know, she was almost happy to have the little scar after that. So that to me, just little things. And that's not, that's not a, you know, the only story that you end up having with dermatology, but stories like that really resonate. And it's not, it's not like not a life threatening situation, right, but right. it's one of those things that change people's lives. Yeah, exactly. In a, in a weird way, right? It, this is not, you can live with a scar forever. You know, mm -hmm. I had surgery, <laughs> surgery in January. I have a five inch scar right now and it's probably not going to go away. I, I, and it's funny. Is it, am I going to survive? Yep. Um, does and it bother me? It could bother you. You know, and I think the biggest takeaway about that, all of that was that it, it wasn't even the scar. It, it wasn't even the, you know, physical appearance mm -hmm. of the scar. It was that it made her feel better. And because of That's that, it. yeah, and she is continuing to come back and brings her family back. And we're actually good friends now. So yeah, because of that. And that becomes a life-changing story to some individuals. Right. And I think whenever we have a chance to record with a member... We will never end without having a patient story because of how important it is. Only you guys as pharmacists and PCCA members can make or tell those stories better than we can. There, there's no way that we can ever speak on your behalf. And I think it's kind of the, the reason why we love to sit down with members. And I haven't had a chance to do this in forever. And when I was talking to you this morning, the first thing that came to my mind, I'm like, Okay, Shelby, you're you're a fan of the podcast. We're recording an episode today because I we need people to hear your story. We need uh, we need this as a podcast. You know, like I think we we try to talk about clinical information. We talk about regulatory or industry wide information, but to sit down live with a pharmacist, an individual who's about to open up a pharmacy, you can't replicate that. And I just appreciate the fact that you are willing to do this. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's exciting. And listening to the podcast, this is, these are the ones that I pick out, you know, when, mm -hmm. when I can hear somebody going through my shoes and, um, it, it's what resonated with me to, you know, to listen. So I think it's important. And the audio us. is going to be better. <laughs> yes. Hopefully you're going to have to, you're going to have to deal with the fact that you're going to have to listen to yourself now. Yeah. It's interesting hearing yourself, your voices. It is different yeah. and it's a lot better than recording over zoom. <laughs> I, and, and also for us, like I said yeah. in the beginning, it's to sit down and to have that conversation with someone, it it makes it a lot easier for us to generate or to have that connection and to hopefully that our audience experiences it as well as like looking at a screen is looking at a screen. Right. It's um, but also it's also been a limiting factor. Whereas you know we love this interaction, people within our facility here for training, and then not necessarily always getting these amazing stories and knowing how to broadcast it to our audience and you know 
simple conversation between you and I today. Next thing you know, we're sitting in a studio and you're recording a podcast. I think your boyfriend listens as well, right? He does. <laughs> Which is so incredibly cool because he doesn't come from a healthcare space in what in zero capacity. Right. But he still listens to the podcast, which is so bizarre to me. Yep, exactly. Yep. He flies for the Navy and listens to a pharmacy podcast. I think there's a <laughs> disconnect. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's someone who's showing a passion for what you do too. Right. Um, so if there are individuals that listen to this that mm -hmm. are not within our space, kudos to you. I hope, hopefully you're learning something. And <laughs> if you're a patient, even better, uh, because then you understand the power of what compounding pharmacies can do. So you got a lot of work to do by the sounds of it before the end of the year. Correct. And, um, we're going to be here to support you and we're going to make sure that you have all the resources possible to make sure that you're successful as well, not only for this year, but beyond. Um, we truly, like, we truly look forward to working with you because this whole story is so cool and, and I hope to have you back. Yeah, it's been amazing. I think being down here has really just also shown me that PCCA has continued support. You know, it's, it's not you're here and you take in the course and you leave. I mean, they have continued support throughout your journey. Yeah, I think what we'll probably do, earmark either a year or two years from now, and then the next time we see each other, we sit down and do this again. To be determined. <laughs> You'll do it. I will. You did an awesome job. Um, thank you for taking the opportunity out of your time, but not only to sit down and share, but truly get your story out because it was so awesome to hear. And we're really lucky to have you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And I uh, hope all of you out there had an amazing experience listening to this podcast as well. If you are interested in learning more about PCCA membership, I encourage you to connect on www.pccarx.com. Uh, within the main public site, you will notice that there's a membership tab. In there, we'll give you the opportunity to connect with a representative of PCCA and learn more about potential PCCA membership, much like Shelby just shared, um, and to stay connected with us over social media, as always on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you do not subscribe to this episode, click the subscribe button on podcast or any other type of platform that you follow. We hope that you guys tune in soon. Thanks again, as always, for listening. This is Mike Delisio, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>